0: In a moment, we'll be uh, reading from Jeremiah 29, uh, the first 14 verses, Um, and full disclosure here, um, I've preached this passage twice already in our church, and this is, today's going to be the third time. Now, the principle behind the passage does not change. God's Word does not change, but how we apply it to our daily lives that's going to change from time to time. Passages will speak to us differently in circumstances that are before us, and especially currently. So I felt this passage spoke clearly to us as a world, as a country, as a church, because it talks about Israel being in a season of exile. And our current reality in 2020 is that we are in a season of exile with COVID-19. Now, I don't want us to ignore the emotional And mental struggles that have resulted with COVID. Whether someone has gotten sick, or even the impact of a lost one, someone who's died on account of COVID, or the impact of social restrictions, and and what that means for our mental health, and, and even what it means for families and for churches. Everyone in this world has had to adjust to a different lifestyle over these past six months. And I could be wrong been wrong once or twice before. Michelle will attest to that. But we will continue adjusting over the next several months. Maybe years. I don't know. Things are different. Things will remain different. Certain things will not go back to what it was. And I'm not just referring to church here, okay? I'm not, I, I hope we don't stay at the 30%. We're here for a while. But I hope that does change down the road, of course. We all hope that. So I'm not only referring to church, but also school. Sylvia mentioned how we don't know what school is going to exactly look like next week. Workplaces, sports, entertainment. And you can add to the list from there. And we will adapt. We are people who adapt. God's people have adapted all throughout the scriptures and all throughout the centuries. And through this exile and through this adaptation, this transition, this journey... We trust, we trust God has put us into our neighborhoods, into our communities for a purpose, as individuals, as families, as a church. And so we recognize our current reality. We don't have to like it, we don't like it. But we also trust that God has a preferred future for his people, for his church. He has a purpose for us in this exile, if we're calling it that, as followers of Jesus. Jeremiah 29 is a passage that reflects the current reality of the people of Israel during their captivity. Israel, you could say, was going through a very rough transition, and that's putting it mildly. The city of Jerusalem had been destroyed, and many of the Jewish people were taken captive to Babylon. They became a displaced people. They lost everything except their lives. They lost their city. They lost their property. They lost certain freedoms. They were likely pondering, what is God's preferred future for them? What could possibly be their purpose in this life? They were exiles in a foreign land. So, before we read from Jeremiah 29, let's come to our God in prayer. God Almighty, just like the Israelites, at this time in our life, it may seem like we are in exile. And yet, you have put us in our church and in our communities for a purpose. You have called us here for a purpose. And you have plans for us as your people. And you are part of our plans and we are part of your plans. And as we read from your word through the prophet Jeremiah, may your spirit make clear to us what our calling as your people and your church is in these times. Bless the reading. Bless the the proclamation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jeremiah 29, verses 1 to 14. This is the text. Of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the queen mother, the court officials, and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers, and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and to Gamariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And the letter said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I haven't sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, and then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have a book in my office titled Resident Alien. And it's written by two theologians. And the subtitle is Life in the Christian Colony. And the premise of this book is that Christians, as Christians, we are residents in this land. But we are also alien. Now, with COVID-19, Christian or not, We will all appear to be aliens in this land. Because it seems that we are in a foreign land, and yet this is our home. So how do you live in a place that is home, and yet sometimes feels so foreign? Jeremiah 29, the Israelites have been taken captive. They had been brought into a huge city. And this was by no means home for them. It was figured that Babylon was the largest city in the world. And not only that, it was a hostile city. It was a pagan city. It was a military city and, and a diverse city with different exile groups, different gods, and a totally different culture. And this city would have been overwhelming to the newly arrived inhabitants, the Israelites. Nothing around them appeared to be normal. Everything had changed. Now, Israelites had always been governed by several laws relating to clean and unclean practices and to holy habits. And now here they are in this pagan and unholy country, trying to adjust to a pagan way of life. And it was tragic. It was depressing. It seemed hopeless. We could imagine that their mental health issues were prevalent in these ancient times as well. Oh, and let's not forget about the conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are not just new in the 20th and 21st centuries. Despite any conspiracy theory on the Israelite exile or even today's COVID, the current reality is that they, we are still in exile. The Israelites were hearing rumors that this was only going to be going on for a a very short period of time. The conspiracy theorists were saying, uh, you know, don't worry. It may look like captivity, but it's not really that bad. Perhaps you're just being brainwashed by the government. The Israelites were being told not to worry. This won't last long. These rumors, as noted, came from false prophets that convinced people with false hope. Jeremiah, in verse 10, said to listen to the Lord. And the Lord says that you guys are going to be there for 70 years. We read in verse 1 that not all the people of Israel have been taken captive. Jeremiah was writing to the priests, the prophets, the elders, and and it refers to all the people that were taken. King Nebuchadnezzar, he chose to take a certain group. In verse 2, we read that he took the king and the queen and the court officials and leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans, King Nebuchadnezzar left behind the poor, the vulnerable, and those who who were not in leadership. And with no leadership for the vulnerable and no community left for the vulnerable, the left behind Jews would soon fall apart. The ones who remained were not in Babylon, but they were basically in exile in their own homeland. Israel would never look the same again and likely never be a threat for anybody. And then Nebuchadnezzar wanted to assimilate the new Jewish inhabitants and this leadership community into his community, into Babylon. Have the people live in Babylon for a time and and learn to be just like the rest of the people in Babylon. So he brought the leaders to Babylon, hoping that they would assimilate. And over time, the Jewish leadership, the Jewish community would become extinct. The Jewish community would be lost. Just come in and, and fit right in with the rest of them. Extinction of the Jewish community was by no means part of God's plan. As Jeremiah stated, captivity was going to last for 70 years. For those who were taken captive, they were likely going to die in captivity. This was a lifetime for the people. The people were aliens and foreigners, they were to be resident aliens. Again, we can use this passage to compare Christians to the Israelites. In the New Testament passage of 1 Peter 1.17, God's people are called to be exiles, to be foreigners. Christians are called to be resident aliens, present in the place where God puts us, and yet a foreigner in such a broken, sinful world. We're going to, I think, this morning in this current reality with COVID-19, we're going to take this a step further. And say that, again, Christians and non-Christians alike are actually resident aliens. We are all living where we know so well. And yet, there has been so much change surrounding us that it seems so different. It's rather different and disappointing and frustrating and exhausting. And not to mention the rumors and the conspiracies and mistrusts That enters into our current realities. We even see that in the churches, where where people begin to mistrust the decisions of the leaders, or where people or leaders begin to mistrust the decisions of the governments. In this passage, it's clear from verses 4, 7, and 14 that God carried them into exile, God had a purpose for his people in that place. Now, captivity, exile, disease were never part of God's good plan. But he will use the circumstances around us for his preferred future. He will use pagan Babylon and the sins of his people for his glory. And we have his promise as well through scripture that he will keep a remnant of his people. Our God did not send COVID-19. But he will use this exile to further his kingdom and to bring him glory. And so Jeremiah writes to the exiles in this letter. In verses 5 to 6, we read these words, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters. This implies a long-term settlement. And there's going to be some adaptation to the culture because they're in a different context for example, they will have to change their diets because they're in a different area. They're going to have to eat what they produce. They're going to be producing different things. They are required to adapt to the culture and the context in which they now live. They were also told to grow. Grow in this city. In verse 6, they're encouraged to increase in number. Don't stop building your families. Don't hold on. Don't hold back on getting married to people of the same faith. Keep growing. Become numerous. They were to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Pray for the city. Don't wish harm on the city, but desire the city to be prosperous, and you too will become prosperous. Pray for it. Pray for the governance. Pray for the people. Pray for the industry. Pray for the places of education, the neighborhoods. The people of Israel are aliens, but this is now their city. This is their new home. They are resident aliens. As we read further in this passage, the exile was not only about reaching out into the new community that God had placed them in. The exile was for the people to seek God, for the people to put their trust in the Lord, for the people to seek the Lord with all their heart, to pray to Him, to know and understand and and obey His will for their lives. Because God desires his people to seek him always, in all circumstances. Now sure, there are multiple options and choices for the Israelites. But basically, the best option is to seek God. To seek his will. That's the option for the Israelites. That's the option for us today. Seek God. Seek his will. Sylvia shared that again too. We have to grow in our faith. The current reality for us sucks. But God's preferred future is to seek him and to continue to grow as his people, to grow his kingdom. Embrace what is before you. Maintain your spiritual identity. You know, COVID-19 will result in, in certain adaptations. But do not let COVID transform us and transform our church. We are only transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are are to abide by the the many restrictions that are in place. and, And that might change our practices from what it used to look like. But it does not change our identity. It doesn't change who we are. It doesn't change whose we are. We are God's people. The question is, in our current reality today, is how are we as a church going to deal with the season of COVID-19? It's time that we stopped and saying saying that when this is over, we'll get back to normal. Or when this is over, well, then we'll we'll start with this and this and this. Let's assume COVID-19 is our current reality. It is. We're in this now, and we have to be prepared to move forward with perhaps 30% capacity in church. Physical distancing, with mass, with no singing. How is God calling our church to be in the community during the season of COVID-19? Yes, our situation has changed. Our calling has not changed. Israel was in exile, going to be in exile for 70 years. And they struggle as a nation from this point and on. But through this nation, God still provided them a future. And there continued to be hope. In fact, through this nation, God provided all of us a future. He provided all of us hope. A Savior was born from the line of Israel. The Savior was born for the Jews and for the Gentiles. The Savior was born for various nations, for various peoples. Through the promise of Jesus Christ, God provides hope and assurance. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what our circumstances, keep our focus on Jesus Christ. Seek our almighty and all-powerful Lord and Savior. When the Israelites came to the land of Babylon, they left everything behind. But one thing that was never lost was God's providing hand. They had a faithful God with them always. When all else might be destroyed and appear hopeless, God did not forsake them. God said that God said to them that they need to live out their faith. They need to continue to seek God. They need to continue to seek His will. They need to seek God with all their heart. As we read in verse 11, God has a plan for His people. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Now put those words into our church's context today. COVID-19 might change things drastically, but it's not going to stop us from being the church that God desires us to be to one another and to our communities. There's one mission, one mission to seek God and to seek his will. In the New Testament, it's written out as make disciples of all nations and knowing that as we do, the Lord our God is with us. We read that in Matthew 28. There's one mission. And the mission has its foundation in God's word. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And every church has the same mission. And every church puts this mission into its own context, into its own language. In our church, we've put the mission into the words. They're they're on the front of our church here. Training to become a clear reflection of God's glory within ourselves, towards others, and in our community. We continue to be the church. We continue to be representatives of Jesus Christ in the neighborhoods, in the communities, in the families that he's placed us in. So yes, we are entering a new church season. And in exile, a time of exile. Plant, grow, marry, seek God and seek his will to what is next. God's preferred future is for us to be the kingdom builders in his communities, in our communities. And one day he will bring us back home. One day COVID will be over. One day this whole world will be restored. And through the saving work of Jesus Christ, we will be carried from our places of exile back into his presence with a renewed and restored world. And that's the hope that he provides us. And we need to carry that hope into our lives and into the world. Friends, we are called to maintain our spiritual identity in our communities and make Jesus known in this world, even in times of exile. We are the church. The church brings hope to the community. Gone are the times when we can expect people to enter the doors of the church. It's not going to happen. We can't expect people to come into church to receive hope. We, the church, have to go out and we have to release the hope of Jesus Christ and gauge the world in which we live. So God's plans for us, for his church here, have not changed. We're called to be a light to the nations. We're called to be the hope for the nations. So what are we going to be doing in this season of COVID and entering into this new season of the church year? This summer, much has gone on hold, and that makes sense. We're we're trying to figure things out, right? But again, now we're entering into this new church season. Get out our vision. Get out our playbook of the Exeter Christian Form Church, and let's discern what God's preferred future is for this congregation. Let's discern what ministry and worship will look like. Let's discern where God is growing this small group ministry and and faith formation of all ages. Let's discern where God is prodding us to reach out into the community. And I know we all have a lot of questions and I don't have all the answers and we don't have all the answers. But it is our role to seek God and to seek first His kingdom and to be obedient to the working of the Holy Spirit in us and in the church. And to God be the glory, and together we say, Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we are living in this world with the current reality of COVID-19, where our lives have been changed. Many losses have occurred, and this has impacted everyone's physical and mental health. We pray for your people in whatever circumstance each person finds themselves. We also thank you that you continue to make your presence known, and that you have made your preferred future known to us. And you have a plan for us, to prosper us, to give us hope, to give us a future. And that future is not on our own. You've given us a future of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. You've sent your son, Jesus, to remove all our sins, to give us salvation, and on account of your love and grace. working us through your spirit to journey with your people on this earth, even during times of exile and times of challenging circumstances. And through these times, may we be focused on you and keeping your vision and your plan in mind, keeping the big picture of your love and grace through your son in focus. Lord, you bless us with so many good things. We praise you and we bless you for these many things. Thank you for your church and for the many ministries that challenge and equip us to reflect your glory, growing our relationships with you and revealing your glory to one another and out to all people. Bless the upcoming weeks as we discern how we best can be the church that you call us to be in these times. Guide us and lead us to fulfill your mandate of making disciples of all nations and proclaiming your name to all people. Lord, we thank you also for schools and ask for your blessing on all students in all schools and ask that you bless all students from the young ones in preschool to those in university and college, protect them and provide strength and wisdom to the staff and administration and other folks involved in the education and protection of the youth and young adults. Lord, we also bring concerns of those who continue to struggle. We pray for those who struggle spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially or with relationships with spouses or kids or others lord you have plans for each of us and we pray that your plans may be made known and we be obedient to your working we pray for those who have lost loved ones whether years gone by or even recently may people continue to know your nearness and love and the love of the community of saints that surrounds each person we bring before you the concerns of our communities our country and our world What is happening with COVID is difficult physically and emotionally, and we pray for healing in this world and a relief from this pandemic. We also pray for other diseases that are going on in this world and for disasters that are impacting our lives in this world, particularly we think of the hurricanes that hit the southern states. We ask that you be near to your people and give hope to your people. Where there is persecution, we ask for your grace upon the people to endure whatever it is before them, to endure it in your name. Where lack of food and water is the norm, may we share our resources to see justice in this world. We recognize the brokenness throughout this world, and may followers of Jesus be a light in this dark world. May Christians be a beacon of hope. Help us to show mercy and, and to go forward showing the love of Jesus through our actions. And may your spirit continue to stretch us and to use us to work in your harvest field, sharing how you want a relationship with your people. We ask that you hear our prayers. And it's only in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who is mighty to save, that we pray this. Amen.